Good evening and welcome to the Sea Report for Monday, March 15th. Wow, we are already on the 15th, believe it or not. Today is the Ides of March and today they say you should beware the Ides of March. <clears throat> you ever hear that old saying, Brutus? Well... Today we're going to have a special Beware the Ides of March presentation for a crisis at the border. Because basically that is what is going on down south. And I welcome you again to the Sea Report brought to you by Q&A Holes Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. C. And I thank you all for joining me, whether now or in the future. But uh, let us get to the news of things uh right off the bat. Now, uh, as I was saying, um, uh, we are having a crisis at the border. Very, very much so. Um, and uh, we have um, basically a president that in his first, you've heard the story before, has just turned everything around from a, um, an administration that was obviously doing something that would benefit the country, the community, the states, and the people who live and work on the border. Not only was uh, the administration's um, policies um, helping, assisting, aiding American people and the people along the southern border, um, but, but specifically because, for some reason, we've never had issue with Canada. But along the southern border, in the wild, wild southwest of the United States of America, we have had an issue for as long as this nation has been in existence. Correct? Now, the previous administration put into effect policies and laws, regulations, whatever you want to call them, that ultimately benefited not just the people of America, but also the people of Mexico, too. Not only was it affecting the people of Mexico, uh, rather benefiting, it was also benefiting the people of Central America, South America. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it is safe to say that his policies were assisting them in that manner? Well, I would say that it was because of the fact that not only was Biden, uh, pardon me, not oh, <coughs> because Biden is allowing them in, but not only was Trump's policies allowing for the uh, money pipelines to to uh, be called off on, um, you know, illegal black market money, um, uh, cartel money, um, black government money, operations money. Like, that is what he did when he built that wall, which was almost complete. And if I'm not mistaken, the funds are there for it, but they have ceased operations the funds are there to finish. It's like the last 400 miles or something of wall. But they have ceased operations. And along those paths where they have ceased operations, that, as has been reported in some of last week's stories, or if you want to check around the aggregate to see whom else is reporting this crisis at the border, you may do so as well. There is no problem with that. 
yes, whatever that is. But um, uh, as I was saying, uh, yeah, so um, the crisis on the border is uh, basically taken front and center here uh, this past weekend. Um, because as I was stating before, and as we all know, it was just a reversal of basically everything Trump did. Um, and he was helping to stem the tide of the money that flowed to these organizations, criminal and government organizations that are all criminal. Um, but, but also, also assisting and saving, uh, those individuals who are tied into that, um, which is human trafficking, uh, that occurs, uh, by way of, um, you know, the, the tides of illegal immigration that comes across our border. So we are officially in a crisis mode, I would say, at the southern border. Now, on top of all of the edicts that Biden uh, and his uh, illegitimate government put into place uh, once he uh, assumed office, uh, some office, but um, once he had done that and, and just basically did away with everything that Trump had done to help, we now have this past Sunday busloads of minors coming into the state of Texas. And uh, that is something that has really caught the attention of a lot of people. So that's basically some of the ground that we're going to cover tonight in the disorder at the border by executive order border crisis and uh all of this stemmed from a visit to the border okay this is a little graphic here yes the border oh yeah because i was telling uh, i was telling our viewers uh in one of our previous shows about what the border wall looked like so there you have a picture of what it looks like in some areas, and that's just generally what you're going to see. Very tall. Um, I don't know if you can see my cursor. I think a car would run around somewhere down here. So, you know, it's a good, what, 30 feet in some areas? Steel, you'd have to climb. Slats so that uh, the Border Patrol agents can see on the other side of the wall, can see if the, uh, who knows, the traffickers, the coyotes on the other side have weapons or or have victims. Uh, so that's what that is, uh, that is for. But anyways, uh, so that's what that was there. And boom, this is the Biden border crisis. Now, this illustration here shows you all the kids in the cages that they have right now, because apparently, you know, it was pretty bad when uh, Trump was doing it. I mean, they, they said it was all Trump, like it was this story of kids in cages allegedly originated with Trump. Of course, we know that that is not the case. We know that, in fact, uh, it was uh, the Obama administration who had had these cages built to fulfill some sort of sick fantasy. I'm sure that uh, Obama has in regards to hot dogs and pizza parties. But nevertheless, uh, maybe it was uh, maybe it was a cruel welcoming to the United States of America. Maybe that's what he was doing. But uh, no, 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 no. We don't think Obama was that cruel. Obama wasn't cruel enough to put him in cages as a cruel welcoming. But you know the kids in cages thing and his fetish, maybe. Anyways, okay. So Biden's border crisis. Now he's had these kids in cages for longer than legal limits. 
And uh, and not only for longer than legal limits, but he's also overcrowded these areas. They say that some of these children have to sleep in shifts because they're so overcrowded that they're even starting to build outside facilities for the busloads that keep on coming in. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but first, let's go to the press conference that Representative McCarthy held at the border. He visited El Paso, Texas on, I believe it was Sunday, and uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, I believe that is the man there on the screen, uh, he led a congressional delegation uh, to a tour of the border, of El, uh, at El Paso, Texas. So uh, along with him was uh, Representative John Katko of New York, Chuck, uh, Chuck Fleischman of Tennessee, Clay Higgins of Louisiana, Tony Gonzalez of Texas, Michael Cloud of Texas, Carlos Jimenez of Florida, Yvette Harrell of New Mexico, David Joyce of Ohio, Marionette Melamix of Iowa. She was in Texas. She's been in our stories before. Anyways, August Fluger of Texas, John Rose of Tennessee, and Maria Salazar of Florida. So uh, those are the representatives that came down. Um, in an article from uh, Just the News, it says uh, Republican Representative John Katko Ranking member of the House Homeland Security Committee said Monday during a trip to the southern border that U.S. Border Patrol has apprehended individuals who were on the terrorist watch list. Something that very much concerns me as the Homeland Security Ranking member is people they've caught in the last few days over the sector in three or a monument, three or three in sector three or monument three, pardon me, have been on the terror watch list. Katko, a former federal organized crim, uh, crime and narcotics prosecutor, said during a news conference in El Paso with House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy and other Republican lawmakers. Individuals uh, that they have on the watch list for terrorism are now starting to exploit the southern border. We need to wake up. We need to understand. So that's what Katko said. Um, we will check it out. But you see, so this is something that we have heard before. Now, we heard prior to the southern wall being built, uh, minus the 400 miles that uh, Biden has put a cease and desist order on, um, that there were indeed um, terrorists coming in through the southern border. There were reports of, um, and I may have to, I may have saved that report. I don't know if I filed it, but I may have saved the article uh, where they had uh, Iranians coming in from the southern border. Uh, they had um, Iraqis and Afghanis coming in from the southern border. So that's not anything new. And now they're starting to see it again. And we've already seen here um, on the Sea Report uh, how they have um, cartels have individuals climbing the border and getting in through open gates, doors, doors in the gate. Like, come on, sir. Like, come on, Biden. You're leaving the door open, like literally open, an open gate, literally. 
on the southern border. We've seen caravans coming through. And um, as uh, I think it was uh, Representative Matt Gatz had brought to our attention, these uh, areas where um, there is no border wall, where essentially they had facilities for border patrol agents to work, etc. They Biden has uh, funneled money into programs to turn those into welcoming centers for immigrants. So now this is becoming a welcoming agency for immigrants. So they have caravans of people coming up. They have the catch and release program that was in effect until Texas state law put a shutdown on that. Now, I think Florida followed suit, even though they're not technically southern border. They do have Cuban immigrants coming up still to this day from the island nation of Cuba, which is like, what, some 90 miles away? It's like what? That's like from San Antonio to Austin, Texas, literally. That's how far away Cuba is from the southern point of Florida peninsula. So um, Florida followed suit. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I've heard anything about I, I Nevada. Um, not Nevada, I apologize. New Mexico, Arizona, or California. Although I know, I know the constituency is pretty pissed off and done with the immigration situation on the border. Now, as you saw from this area, uh, from this um, this artic- uh, article, this uh, congressional delegation that came through on tour of El Paso border, you had also um, individual uh, or representatives, I should say, from like the Midwestern states, as well as some of the Western area of the United States of America. And... Uh, like some of them might say you wonder why. Well, I guess I should just get to some of this video here, but uh, you will often have contingencies of illegal immigrants that don't just stay in border towns or in border states. They will often be bused to the Midwest in pockets like in uh, Illinois, Ohio, and other states, um, as well as to the East, like South Carolina or even, uh, you know, even uh, Tennessee, or Kentucky, or Georgia. So all of this is going on, and uh, we've even had reports of them being bussed into those states. I think it was South Carolina that had a busload, well, not a busload, a busload of illegal immigrants, but a a couple of them who had admitted to having uh, COVID-19. Um, but being allowed to let into the country nonetheless. And that is the other issue that is coming up here, as you will see in this presentation, led by uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy at the border in El Paso, Texas. I guess this is a a news conference that they held today. Uh, I mean, not today, yesterday, Sunday. All right, uh, here it is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. The security of our nation and our border is first and foremost responsibility of our president. I came down here because I heard of the crisis. It's more than a crisis. This is a human heartbreak. The sad part about all this, it didn't have to happen. This crisis is created by the presidential policies of this new administration. There's no other way to claim it than a Biden border crisis. This is Representative McCarthy. part of what we sat and talked to we learned more of how it was created. Congressman Menez talked to a family from Honduras, asked how long they've been traveling, 22 days. Just a coincidence of the actions taken 
that President Biden and why people think they could come here and break the law. We went through a new facility that was built just more than a year ago. They built it with a capacity they thought they could never meet, 1,040 people to be processed. Today broke that record. Today they're beyond capacity. They're having to build into the parking lot a makeshift facility. Even though the U.S. Congress just passed a $1.9 trillion bill, not $1 in there to help. It's taking away the operation cost for the border to be protected. But for all these children, they're unaccompanied that's sitting in there. There's 120 border agents that are now inside that unit that are not on the border protecting us. And a surge is coming. As we went up to Monument 3, speaking to the men and women on the front lines, they catch from 100 to 200 people a night. As we talk to the medical units, and as I tell you, as, not as a member of Congress, but as a father of a son and a daughter, and you look in the eyes of these children, they came unaccompanied. They tell the story of a one, a three, and a five-year-old holding their hands, walking up to an agent with no parents, no adults in sight. Who brought him? When you talk to the medical units, talk about the percentage that get trafficked, that get harmed along the way. Who knows what dangers and who doesn't make it? All because the policies of our president has changed and told them something different. Now, I'm just pausing it real quick. <laughs> Let me lower that. I'm just pausing it real quick to say um, you'll notice that as the central theme, a lot of people who uh, talk about um, southern border immigration, illegal or not, um, often just play at the politics of it. You know, they often they often just say, oh, uh, you know, we should have open borders because uh, they were part of this land anyways. Um, they usually pull on those heartstrings. Uh, they usually uh, say that uh, Mexico is, you know, Mexico is, is uh, economically uh, uh, poor and people should have a better opportunity. So we may as well just let them across, you know, like they're human too. Understandable, but what you have to take into consideration here is that with this open border and as a theme that you will see that is not often talked about when we're discussing especially southern border immigration is the theme of human trafficking. Because you could say, yeah, drug trafficking, uh, a coyote, uh, which is which is essentially a form of human trafficking. But the drug trafficking is not unless they are drug meals, meaning that the drugs are actually stuffed inside their bodies in whatever orifice that the cartel member or whomever chooses to put those drugs in them. Um, but yes, as I was saying, uh, that is a different kind of human trafficking. The human trafficking that I am speaking about and the human trafficking that I think that these representatives, as well as anyone who is speaking on this issue, allude to most often is the human trafficking for sex trade um, um, more so than for like, I don't know, uh, slave tr labor trade. I mean, yeah, you do have that, but I think that is reserved more for like 
the uh, prison industrial complex more so than the immigration um, uh, human trafficking industrial complex. Uh, there's uh, children. And, and right now we're talking about in, in this discussion, people in general as being trafficked and also as border crossers illegally. But the children is the biggest issue. It was it was it was busloads of children that have been brought into Texas, as we'll talk about later. And it is facilities for migrant children that are being opened by the Biden administration, not facilities for immigrant immigrants or illegal immigration facilities for migrant children. Anyways, back to Representative McCarthy told them to risk their lives and broke families apart. We were better as a nation than this. This is about the safety and security of our border, but it's also about the opportunity that Americans want and the prosperity. I know the president's going to travel this week. This is where he should bring Air Force One. This is where he should look the people in the eye. This is where he should talk to the border agents and let them know that this is beyond a crisis. He can continue to deny it, but the only way to solve it is to first admit what he has done. And if he will not reverse action, it's going to take congressional action to do it. And that's why we're here. We want to find solutions. Before we even came here, I sent a letter to the president to work together to solve this problem. I thought maybe he would reach out. Maybe he'd set an appointment. He doesn't even acknowledge a letter, let known a crisis that his policies created. So we will work together across the aisle, within our own party, because we know the solutions that it will take. When you talk about what's coming across, I just left a few border agents and I asked them, who are the individuals you're catching? Yeah, they're from Central America. But you know who else? Iran, Yemen, Sri Lanka. When I walk through the facility, there's more Haitians than any other nationality I saw. And why were they coming now? You ask the border agents, they were shocked themselves because they're being released into the country. When I talk to the doctor, you see when they're being tested for COVID, when they get out, more than 10% are testing positive, but you're being stored together. At a time when the president will keep our country closed, when maybe we have hope for a 4th of July to get together just with our families, how much spread of COVID is he creating every single day by his policies along this border? That is too true, ladies and gentlemen. That is too true. And that is, uh, that's the ticket there. Uh, you see all of these, um, mm, uh, what would you call them? Contradictions when it comes to the policies. Uh, that's why I say clearly, this administration is not administration that is run by one man. When you have bombs going off in some country in the Middle East because your rogue general decided to bomb someone, 
and you have uh, uh, orders of um, what catch and release and also release of all of the immigrants along the border. You have the shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline. You either think this man is crazy, this supposed president, or there's just several people pulling his strings left and right. And uh, he made his first appearance in 50 days from his basement and, you know, put on, you know, a a, a dapper coat with uh, a rather, rather nice pocket square. But that is not what it's going to, that's not all it takes to win over the hearts of America, Grandpa Biden. You can't dress nice and expect people to like you. But uh, unfortunately for him... And his, uh, what, his, uh, his publicist and his PR campaign, uh, it don't work. <laughs> so, um, uh, Biden can give a speech, what, once every 50 days? I guess he's going to be hitting the road. Uh, they say it's actually the Kamala coming out tour, which is going to be hitting the road more so than the uh, Biden uh, uh, laying down his policy pipe. Um, which is something that he doesn't seem to be able to do. He never has been. People have always told us, people have always told him his policy, my goodness. Even during his town hall, um, you know, Fat Anderson Cooper was telling Biden his policy and wouldn't move on until he agreed with him. So, uh, yeah, anyways, okay. So let's see what we have up next her. Um, we have, I believe it is a representative Augustine Fluger. Um, we're just going to play a couple of these clips uh, just so you can hear what these representatives have to say. They all bring something to the table and also a different perspective because uh, most of these, I believe, are working on the Homeland Security team committee that McCarthy's heading up, which is why they're all involved. So, of course, I, I believe they look into different aspects of uh, of this immigration issue. Uh, let's see what we have here, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I don't mean to have... Uh, well, we have a whole bunch of drag queens up here. <laughs> Look, check it out, guys. We have the fabulous Bob the Drag Queen, Trixie Mattel, Andrew Cuomo, some guy that looks like a drag queen, and Grandpa Biden. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's get to this video. I'm, uh, I'd like to now turn it over to August Bluger, my neighbor to the south. Folks, thank you all for being here. The fact that the Biden administration and President Biden himself will not admit that this is a crisis is a shame. Even those in, in his administration and HHS have admitted that we have a refugee crisis. They have set several additional housing locations, one in my district where 700 people were moved overnight with no notification to local elected people, no notification to the sheriffs or law enforcement or the judges. And overnight, 700 unaccompanied people, unaccompanied children have been moved into Midland, Texas. The Biden administration and his policies have resulted in... Now, see, this is interesting because as you will see in stories later, they were saying up to 200. So we had 700 children moved into Midland, Texas. This was Sunday night. Some winners and losers. The winners are the human traffickers who know that because we don't have a secure border that they can move these children. And when we looked in their eyes today, what we saw 
was children who were being taken advantage of, exploited on that 22-day trip. And not only that, but the fact that we have folks who are on the terrorist watch list that are being moved into this country illegally, that are taking advantage of these bad policies, that know because we don't have a strong, secure border, that the border wall construction has stopped and been halted about 22 days ago. Now they have something to take advantage of. We implore the Biden administration to come visit, to see what their policies have done to these children, what they have done to make our country less secure. I'd like to introduce Congressman Joyce from Ohio. Okay, and I'll pause it right there for just a sec. So now that's see, that's exactly what I was talking about in this regard. We have um, this situation where it's kids that are coming into the United States of America, not just this influx, but it really makes you ask the question, what is going on at the southern border? Why is there a sudden influx of children, minors even? And um, I, I, I'm not sure if I have that clip on this episode uh, that I was going to play, but there is there is one clip of a woman saying that she had heard that the kids who are now in America that just came, some of the ones that just came in, but essentially the ones that have been coming in since President Select uh, Biden has been running things in America, uh, may have been waiting in Mexico at the border, separated from their children for as long as two years waiting for this day when America allowed them to walk through the gates that were left open by President-elect Biden and his, uh, his, his, his incompetent administration, his treasonous administration, what would you call it? I don't know, but we do have an opinion piece on it that will talk about what it could be later on in the show. All right, let's see what we got here coming up now. And the next step we're going to be playing from the same uh from the same um um press conference that they had in El Paso at the border today with Representative McCarthy. We're still doing good on time it looks like. Um uh this is going to be a few speakers in this lot that are together cuz they I liked what they were saying as one. Um and then we'll have also well, you'll see towards the end of it, there will be a bit of this in Spanish. So, here we go. Uh, my good friend, Clay Higgins from Louisiana. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here today. It's, it, it's unfortunate that we as a nation have allowed this crisis to develop. And it, it began last year when then-candidate Biden continuously messaged that he was going to weaken law enforcement uh, missions on the border, stop construction of the wall, uh, create a, a, a pathway to citizenship or amnesty for illegal residents that were already here. The cartels were listening. Most of you know that, that the cartels infrastructure is, is incredibly well developed. And, and they are very well funded. So they began getting ready, man. They, they were hoping for a Biden victory. And on January the 20th, 
Joe Biden was inaugurated as our president. So that I'm going to I'm going to ask President Biden to please pay attention because I'm talking straight to you now, sir. Allow us an audience with you. You have been misled. Your, the policies that you have signed into effect are injuring the American citizens you serve and endangering the children of God that are making this trek to our southern border under incredibly dangerous circumstances. Allow the, the, the voice of reason to enter the White House. You took charge of this country on January the 20th. And on the very same day, you gave control of our border to the cartels. You can fix this thing working with us. If, if America is paying attention, and I believe they are, your phone's going to start ringing. I implore you, good sir, let us in. We can fix this thing. It's beyond a crisis at the border. It's a threat to our republic. And you, Mr. President, have a responsibility to listen to the citizens that we serve. God bless you one and all. Thank you for being here and reporting this. Thank you for being here. I'm Representative Yvette Harrell from New Mexico's 2nd Congressional District. So the El Paso sector, where we just visited today, serves the district that I represent. So I'm grateful for Leader McCarthy and all of these colleagues of mine coming here to understand what we're facing. And I don't want to repeat everything they've said, but I do want to let you know that we have introduced a policy that is very effective for the Border Patrol. And they just told us repeatedly, Title 42 is helping. But if this president takes that away, then it opens the floodgates even more so. This Title 42 allows our Border Patrol agents to process on the border and expel those that are coming here illegally because we are under pandemic conditions. And I know there's not one of you in this crowd that hasn't been impacted by the COVID-19. Maybe know somebody who passed away, somebody who's sick, somebody who is alone in the hospital, somebody who lost a job, closed a business. We've all been impacted by COVID-19. And for our president to think opening the southern border to allow those coming in, and you just heard it, that are infected with or have been exposed to COVID makes no sense at all. So the spot and the curve and all the work we've done as a country to get our kids educated, to open up our economies and ensure that we are doing the right thing to overcome the pandemic, opening the southern border makes no sense. We've just taken three steps forward and 10 giant steps backwards. So thank you for being here and covering this. It is a humanitarian crisis, but it's also a public health crisis. And Americans are just as much at risk as those making the trek over. So thank you for covering this today. And with that, my friend, Representative Salazar from Florida. Uh, thank you very much, Leader, for inviting us to come to the border. My name is Maria Salazar, and I represent Miami, probably the ultimate melting pot where we have thousands and thousands of uh, Hispanic Americans. And uh, I'm going to say my remarks in English and then in Spanish, because we, the Hispanic Americans in this country, we have a problem. 
and we need to be part of the solution. We need to join forces and send a message that we cannot allow what's happening on the border. Because it's our, our girls, Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, the ones who are being raped. It's our girls, the ones, the children who are being trafficked. I'm not sure that you know that sex, child sex trafficking is one of the highest international crimes booming in this country. So I ask all of you to help me. I, I ask my community, not only Miami, but across the country, the Hispanic Americans, to send a message to your representatives that we cannot have this happening at the border because the overwhelming majority of the people that are trying to come in belong to our group, to our ethnic group. We need to stop this. We need to stop being pawns of the politicians in Washington and pawns of the traffickers who are trafficking with our children, our families, and our women. So it's, it's the time for us to rise up and send the message, something that we haven't done before, loud and clear to your representatives, whether Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter. It's a problem that belongs to all Americans, including the Hispanic Americans in this country. So I want to invite uh, my friends. Uh, okay, actually, now it's just all drug queens. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and pause it there. Now, I did want to play uh, additional speakers from this round, but in the interest of time, I am not going to. But what I am going to do is play one last speaker from this uh, press conference. And uh, I wanted to play this speaker because I was actually, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised to see this, uh, this individual uh, speaking at the border in El Paso, Texas. So, uh, welcome to Texas, Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks, who has been in the Sea Report. <laughs> Incidentally, uh, we've been covering a story wherein uh, Democrat uh, sore loser Rita Hart has been wanting to flip uh, Republican Marionette Miller-Meeks uh, win. She had a six-vote win in the state of Iowa. Anyways, so uh, that was one of the stories that we had last weekend, or last week on Friday. Anyways, she pops up in Texas on Sunday. So I was like, ah, I was tickled. Anyways, so here is Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks and what she had to say. Uh, Representative Iowa, uh, currently in a debacle where Hoods Pelosi is... Gonna, may try and actually flip the seat on Marionette. So let's hope, hopefully she don't, especially after I saw this. I was like, Marionette, we gonna fight for you, Marionette. Good afternoon, uh, Marionette Miller-Meeks from Iowa. It may seem strange to have someone from Iowa, but I'm part of Homeland Security, Emergency Preparedness, and Border Security. And I just wanna remind you, one of the things that we learned at the border today is that when 120 Border Patrol officers are taken from the border to a processing center, that leaves our border porous. And what did we learn? That there are drug traffickers and there are individuals on the terror watch list that are coming across our border illegally from Yemeni, Syria, Iran. They're coming here and they're on the terror watch list. We also, they had a huge apprehension of fentanyl. Well, Interstate 35 goes all the way up. They sure do. All the way up to Iowa. And we have drug problems all throughout the I-35 corridor, and that continues when we allow illegal drugs to come in here trafficking. I'm also a former director of the Iowa Department of Public Health. We learned today that there's not testing, that 50% of the Border Patrol agents have contracted COVID-19. 
that there's a mental health strain on them. Imagine during the pandemic having had policies that work and in the blink of an eye having policies that are stopped and your life is further put at risk and you're imperiled trying to do your best to help families and to help unaccompanied children. And then I'm gonna to speak to you as a mother. I cannot even imagine dropping off a one-year-old child to a smuggler, to a trafficker, to a cartel, to hopefully that child make it to some family member or NGO in the United States of America. That that child not knowing where they go. And our Border Patrol and our HHS try to do their best to make sure that they get to where they should be going, to some sponsor. But we can't guarantee that. Imagine if that's your child. It's unconscionable that we would put policies in place that would damage children and that would damage families in addition to damaging those in the United States. Those policies need to come to an end. This is crisis and disorder at the border by executive order. Thank you very much. And now I'm going to introduce... Go, Marinette Miller-Beeks. This is disorder at the border by executive order. Yes, sister. All right, and we need to save her seat. All right, so if any of you... uh. <laughs> Republicans up in the Iowa area <clears throat> can go ahead and stop Hood's Pelosi since she thinks she can do whatever she wants. She's gonna try. Anyways, so let's see what we got. Whoops, sorry about that. Let's see what we got coming up next. So yeah, so that was what was going on at the border. Uh, El Paso, El Paso, Texas is on the border of Mexico, but incidentally, it is also on the border of New Mexico. It's on the border of Mexico and New Mexico. Uh, you drive up I-10 and you exit El Paso and uh, Ciudad Juarez, that is the city on the other side of the border. <laughs> It is, uh, it is the El Paso twin, the less fortunate twin city of the Southwest, Texas and Juarez, the less fortunate twin. Um, and then you have New Mexico, right, going up with I-10 there. So, uh, that's where they were today. Um, I mean, I keep saying today, that's where they were yesterday. Uh, there in El Paso, Texas, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, representative, Republican of California, leading that congressional delegate tour congressional dele congressional tour congressional delegates tour anyways so very 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 interesting very 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 interesting um and you see that is the main plight right here like that is the issue and you're gonna see more and more of this as the show goes on. No, actually, okay, so we still have, we're still going to be talking, we're still talking crisis at the border. We have disorder at the border by executive order. So that is what the theme of today's show is. And now we have uh, the issue of the migrant children being bused into West Texas. And this was done in the cover of darkness. So you have, okay, so that, it's, so in, it's so interesting that they had this uh, congressional delegation tour through there, and then, bam! That night, what happens? We have a whole bunch of kitties appear at the southern border coming into Texas. And uh, as you'll see in this report, uh, I'm going to share an article with you, but we do also have a report uh, where there was a woman who was undercover with her reporter friends uh, filming filming where these children were coming in. And she's the one who's like, I believe it is about 200 
But we now know from uh, the gentleman at the uh, press conference who was at, uh, it wasn't McCarthy who said it, I think it was uh, Fluger who said it was 700, 700, but uh, feds bus migrant children into West Texas town under the cover of darkness. Reports from local news outlets in Midland, Texas reveal busloads busloads of migrant children being moved under the cover of darkness into a local holding facility. State and local officials receive little or no advance notice of the federal government's plans to move these migrant children into their community. On Sunday, Governor Abbott announced that the federal government plans to move some children from the border to a holding facility in Midland. CBS 7's Joshua Skinner reported the migrants arrived in buses overnight. Breitbart, Texas, spoke to officials operating under the umbrella of U.S. Customs and Border Protection on Monday regarding the movement of the unaccompanied migrants who had been apprehended by Border Patrol agents after illegally crossing the Rio Grande. The source with knowledge of the movement, but is not authorized to speak on the matter, told Breitbart the Department of Health and Human Services officials opened a new facility in Midland at what uh, they described as an abandoned oil worker or man camp. News 9 West identified the facility as the Cotton Logistics Midland Man Camp. So this is a brand new facility, folks, for children. Now, mind you, they already were opening the one in Carrizo Springs in Texas. Now, that's in uh, more towards the south, more towards my direction, whereas this one is heading out, uh, you know, oh, California way, out west, if you take out I-10 west that way. That's where this is going to be. Well, this is going to be a little bit more north of that. And actually, yeah, what, not as far west, but a little bit more north. Um, and uh, so this facility is being open. And let's see here. I guess we have a video for the at. Uh, oh, this is the News 9 West. Okay, so this isn't the one with, let me see here real quick. Which one am I trying to play? Okay, no, the one I want to play for you right now is the one that has, it's this one here. This video shows uh, a woman um, filming. She's, uh, I guess, undercover, uh, filming them coming in on by the busload. So this is from uh, CBS News Seven, I believe. All right. So um, we have once Daniel gets the camera going, we have a little bit of a view of these buses unloading here um i don't know if you can see it but you can see through the camera lens let me, let me get a better yeah hold on uh, he's gonna frame. he's gonna give us a little bit better shot of this but um they have begun to unload the buses um and i know several of you were saying stop saying children earlier i'm sorry that's what i was told uh, they look to be from what i can tell um maybe older teenagers uh, who are coming off these buses right now um that's all that I can see. This is what I'm observing. Um, don't quote me on it if they aren't. Um, so uh, a little bit older, older minors, still minors um, under the age of 18 uh, coming here. They're un being unloaded off these buses here at the um, migrant holding facility in Midland. Um, and I've got you looking through our camera viewfinder camera lens right now because I can't get a good enough 
picture on my phone to show you this and this uh, camera just gives you a little bit of a better view so as you can see they have the kids coming off I'm saying kids and I'm so sorry they have the minors coming off the bus uh, to me they look to be about teenagers um, and they are unloading these buses and I believe getting them settled into their um, I guess sleeping quarters so or you can, you can see right here where I'm pointing that um, as they're coming off the bus they're checking some kind of documentation I'm sorry there's a car that just went across sorry okay, so they're they're going now uh, left to right being escorted to I guess where they're gonna be staying let me turn this and no they are not adults they are um, under the age of 18 so which means going the minors right as you can see they're being shuffled off um, shuffled off that way um, I think they're being processed or checking some kind of paperwork we don't know if it's documentation we don't know what it is okay so I'm just pausing it real quick to let people who are listening on the podcast know what's going on now in the video you're watching uh, um, a professional looking news camera um, pointing at a facility with um, uh, buses and individuals unloading from the bus and the reporter is uh, I guess pointing her phone at the lens um, of the uh, news camera <clears throat> and they're showing uh, what looks like um, uh, like she said they are uh, under 18 so I guess young young adults would you call them that minors but uh, you know 15 16 17 18 19 uh, well, actually, I don't know 19, but according to her, as you heard, the report is children, so they look more like they are like, you know, 18 or younger. Uh, and they're coming in and uh, they're standing in line at the head of the buses and they are getting uh, paperwork checked. That's basically what we've seen so far. Um, and they look to be around teenage age, under the age of 18, still minors. Um, and... They are, uh, they are, they are shuffling off these buses right now. Um, I keep saying shuffling. They are unloading the buses right now. And I can't give you a good view with my phone, so we're looking at it through the camera, viewfinder camera lens right now. We're gonna, I'm going to shift you back over here, see if I can't, um, yeah, so now they're, they're moving those buses along. I know they're under the age of 18 because we were told they were minors. Um, that's what a minor is to me, under the age of 18. If you have a different definition, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, that's just what I'm saying, uh, under the age of 18. I'm not sure how many. Uh, how many do you think it looked like? Man, um, you know, if they're doubled up on the seating, I would I would hate to even guess what the number is yeah. on the bus. Uh, um, I would say, I would say in the hundreds at this point, maybe 100 to 200 kids, potentially. Don't quote me on that number either. Um, just guessing because of how full the buses were. And um, we were told they were minors. Okay, I, so that first bus is moving. Yeah, the first bus is moving, as you can see. They're kind of coming towards us. Um, I don't. We were told they were minors. Minors to me is under the age of 18. That's all that I know. That's all that I'm repeating. Um, my anchor, our weekend anchor, Josh, told me that a bus that size seats 56. So we've got four buses. That's probably around 200 some uh, 
minors that have come off of these buses. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're just going to zoom out a little bit so you can see better. I know a lot of you are questioning me on their age, uh, and I'm sorry for saying children earlier. Um, I guess I just didn't get the vocabulary right. That's my bad. It's in South Midland County. Um, that's where we are right now. And... Yeah, we're moving it. Sorry, we're just getting a little bit better view of what's going on for you. That's a red cross. That's a, yeah, uh, Daniel just said that that's the red cross right there. You see in those red, um, red collective jackets. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Um, yeah, so they are. They were part of the process helping them get into a building um, and get over to where I guess their sleeping quarters is or where they are. Yeah, um, it looks like they're being debriefed or briefed on the operations because they're pointing about, you know, where they're at. Mm -hmm. So there's one person uh, in the middle of your screen that is heading that little meeting or whatever they're doing there. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we can't, we're quite far away. We can't see that well. We're giving you the best view that we can. A lot of you are getting real technical with me about the minors thing. I'm just repeating what I was told. Um, I can't give you any more information than that, and it's not because I don't want to, it's just because I really don't know. So I'm repeating minors because that's what I was told. Um, if you have other information, then that's for you. But um, we're going to do, yeah, we'll do a quick, oh, yep, we're going to do a quick recap of it for you. Um, so what we know, uh, yesterday, I'll give you a timeline, we'll go through yesterday, we were given um, a tip of, of some sort that there would be a We now have represent, uh, representative, representative congressional confirmation. 700 migrant children brought into the facility. A bit less, but they, that was a recent development that those buses did arrive here. We will continue to keep you updated. I know the city, uh, Midland, city officials and county officials will be having a meeting tomorrow to discuss this. I don't believe that they were aware of this um, as of yes or as of today or as of yesterday. I'm not sure. I think everybody is just now yeah, coming into the loop about this. I'm going to step aside so you can kind of see. Come over here a little bit closer to the yeah, yeah, yeah. phone. Uh, just stand about right yeah, here. I got you. All right. Perfect. So. Uh Okay, I'm going to go ahead and pause it there in the interest of time. I'm trying to keep these reports to about an hour, y'all. I swear I am, because we get eaten up for time, and then we have to make extra accounts, and it's just so technical, and 
etc. Um, anyways, so <laughs> we just got a little bit more ways to go on this crisis at the border. I guess I could just cut to the chase and tell you that the children are here. Oh, <laughs> they're here in Texas now. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> so I can just cut to the chase. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see here. Um, let's, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, because, well, long story short, um, we have the children not only being held in Midland, Texas, they have now also been transported to Dallas, Texas, and are being held at the Dallas Convention Center. Um, so that's another news article that we have in the mix. But that was something that was going on. So let's 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 finish up this Midland story. But before we do that, uh, let's make sure. So stay with News West Nine today. We will keep you updated. All right, so that's going on there in Midland. Like I said, this whole thing came in. It came into town, and these people did not even know it was happening. All of a sudden, there was uh, busloads of children coming through the southern border and into facilities in Midland, Texas. And now, it has uh, traveled its way all the way. Sorry, I'm checking... Well, I apologize. I'm trying to check. There we go. I'm just trying to ensure that the uh, Anchor podcast is still recording for our Spreaker audience. Anyways, okay. So as I was saying, <clears throat> we're going to run just a little over time. Okay, boss? All right. So as I was saying, um, we have these uh, children popping up out of nowhere. Greg Abbott, our governor of Texas, is quite surprised, as you saw there, saying uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is not staying quiet when it comes to the border crisis. On Sunday morning, during an interview with Fox News, Governor Greg Abbott announced the Biden administration is planning on sending migrants from the border to a holding facility in Midland. Abbott says he learned of the news late Saturday night. We got surprise from the new. Uh, we got surprise news from the federal department, from the federal Department of Health and Human Services, that they're going to be sending some of these migrants to a holding facility in Midland. Abbott said during the interview with Maria Bartiromo, the governor had multiple questions about how the holding facility will work for the Biden administration. How many people are they bringing in here? Where are those people going? What type of COVID protocols are they using? What are they going to do to mitigate the spread of COVID concerning all the people they are bringing into the state of Texas, Abbott said. There are so many questions that are completely unanswered. On Saturday, the Biden administration announced it will utilize FEMA to manage and care for a record number of unaccompanied immigrant children who are streaming into the United States by illegally crossing the border with Mexico. Oh, I'm sure that gives an image of just like children running across the border like crazy, right? Like still like, ah, children. No, these children are coming up with adults that may or may not be their parents or they are being kidnapped or they are being trafficked uh, or they're coming up in caravans of uh, friends. They're just traveling across the border, pretending to be Che Guevara on their stupid motorcycles, willy-nilly through Central America, all the way up into Mexico. I mean, come on, guys. Really? Okay, anyway, so that's what's going on. They are going to the Cotton Logistics Midland Man Camp. 
Sounds like my kind of place. In the area of FM 1788 and CR150, Politicians like Representative August Fluger were in El Paso on Monday. Oh, so it was today. My bad. I kept saying it was yesterday, but I kept saying it was today. So I guessed, I guess I knew it was today and I kept saying it was yesterday and subconsciously I was trying to make it and make sure it was today. Anyway, so it was today because today is Monday. Today is the Ides of March for crying out loud. Beware. Now, politicians like Representative August Fluger were in El Paso on Monday to discuss the situation as well as the ongoing border crisis. Now, we heard all about these individuals up and down. Officials say there were a total of around 700 children. That's exactly as was reported. So, yes, you can be sure. Now, this HHS, the Health and Human Services officials who are reportedly eyeballing this location in Dallas... Uh, and that, that was a report that came out, I believe, Sunday. And it, it was saying, oh, well, we're looking at, you know, quite possibly, you know, using the Dallas Convention Center. Let's see, do I have it here? Boom! There she is, the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center of Dallas, Texas. Um, and so that was reported from CBS 7 News that they were going to, again, have this at Farm to Market 1788 and Country Road 150 in Midland County. Uh, let's see. Uh, HHS had stated in regards in the short term, we can ensure children do not spend more time in Border Patrol facilities than necessary by looking at all opportunities to increase our permanent license network and use influx facilities when additional space is immediately needed. That was in regards to using this facility. Um, and the report does say that uh, as of today, teenage migrant boys would be the ones who have been chosen to be housed in Dallas at the South Texas border facilities uh, is as the South Texas border facilities experiencing overcrowding. So all of the hot dogs are going to Dallas. Apparently all the hot dogs are headed to Dallas for anyone who is interested. Asylum. And this, uh, this comes from the Texas Tribune asylum seeking unaccompanied minors from Central America are separated from other migrants by United States Border Patrol agents. Uh, it says the Federal Emergency Management Agency will use a Dallas Convention Center as a temporary shelter for thousands of migrant teenage boys, an emergency measure the Biden administration is taking to alleviate extreme overcrowding at border facilities in South Texas, according to two Homeland Security officials with knowledge of the plan. The K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in downtown Dallas will house boys, 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 boys from age 15 to 17 to free up the space in United States Border Patrol detention cells that are holding record numbers of unaccompanied teenagers and children in deteriorating conditions, the official said. The officials also said that they had cited President Obama, Bill Clinton, and W at the Dallas Convention Center amongst this herd of hot dogs. Just kidding. 
The Biden administration mobilized FEMA on Saturday to help cope with a deepening crisis along the United States-Mexico border, where the number of families and minors arriving without their parents soared since the president took office, and indeed, all abject members of the Biden administration were probably licking their lips at the thought of a convention center filled with pre, oh, no, they're not prepubescent, uh, but, you know, boys. Anyways, the Biden administration, oh, wait, we read that already. The Dallas Convention Center is available for the next 90 days. So get your hot dog on for the next 90 days and has space for about 2,300 teenagers, according to one official with knowledge of the plans, which were first reported by the Monday Associated Press. The Biden administration is holding more than 4,200 teenagers and younger children in bare-bones detention cells along the border designed as short-term holding cells for adults. But we all know that they're just preparing the children for the life of servitude and slavery that they will serve from the pens of adrenochrome farms and uh, human trafficking sex pens. By law, the United States Department of Health and Human Services should take custody of the minors within 72 hours, but the average amount of time the minors have been held in the cells is now 120 hours, according to the latest statistics. Uh, lawyers who spoke with the teenagers and younger children at a tent facility run by U.S. Customs and Border Protection in Donna last week said many of them were emotionally distraught and had been unable to shower for days. Another temporary overflow facility is opening this week in Midland at the site of a former camp for oilfield workers, two officials said. That site can house about 700 miners, said one official who, like others, was not authorized to discuss this. So we have 700 miners in Midland. We have, uh, what, 2,300 miners in Dallas. Uh, there's no telling how many miners are down in Carrizo Springs. There's no, how many, there's no telling how many miners they'll be housing at the facilities over in Florida if they haven't opened them already. That, I think, had a capacity of about 4,500 uh, or maybe the capacity was less, but they'd managed to get about 4,500 miners into those facilities. And uh, indeed, they did have some photos of those facilities, and they were not the most comfortable looking facilities. Indeed, in Midland, we already have kids sleeping in shifts. So anyways, okay, so let's see what else this uh, report here has to say. The Refugee Office of... <clears throat> the Human Health Services is responsible for caring for the minors while identifying a family member, relative, or another vetted sponsor who can assume custody. The process typically takes 30 days or more, and the HHS shelters are nearly at capacity with about 8,500 minors in government care. So that is pretty intense. Pretty intense what we have going on here. We're not talking about her yet. But uh, that, that, that really does beg the question in regards to what is driving this crisis at the border. Like I said, we had this report where it literally showed the gate was left wide open on the, uh, to allow people in. Like wide open. And all they had to do was cross 
or climb over one fence and instead of the second fence, they would just walk right through the gate. And, you know, some people would view that as a trap. I know I would, but uh, no, it, it's not. They're just, they're just running through the gate. Like they're told between a certain time and a certain time, get through that gate. And after that, you no longer have the chance to do it. Anyway, so you have to wonder why now? Why now is there a sudden influx of children coming into the United States from the southern border in particular? Like this is massive, a massive influx of children coming through the southern border. Um, that is uh, that that's a uh, that that's something that we could speculate about. Is Biden waking? Is Biden making up for not um, not having kids that were coming through, perhaps during another time? <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by a, uh, a a comment here. Let me put up on the board. It says here, if Mexico's uh, citizens are America's responsibilities. Why does Mexico even exist? Forget a border wall. Annex Mexico 2024. <laughs> that, uh, that's, I mean, true. I mean, well, why, well, well, why not, uh, what, um, um, purchase Mexico or, 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 you know, have Mexico become like what? A different country, uh, I mean, a different state, or all different states, or whatever. You know, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's probably like, I don't know, a crazy idea, but, but then you would have the leftists out there saying, ah, we're just going to go ahead and take over Mexico. Like we, uh, we, we American people do all the time. <laughs> we just go over there and I mean, we're, aren't, are we not, are we not, uh, what do you call it? Um, the police of the world enough already. I mean, I, it's a good point though. I mean, we may as well, but anyways, okay. I mean, cause we are, we are right now. We are taking, we are basically paying for all these people to come into the United States of America and we're paying for all of them. So why not just annex Mexico? I don't know. The president of Mexico current seems to be doing a job that, and he wants this to stop. You know, he, he, he's already holding the Biden administration to task. He's telling him, hey, look, because of your policies, we have all of these people running through my country. <laughs> so, and then he went and he made, you know, marijuana legal. So that kind of disarmed the cartels, uh, you know, pipeline of money in that regard. If we all know that they're not making a whole lot of money off weed these days anyways, because it's legalized in a, the United States of America. Most of the people I know in Texas are buying it from other states. They're not even buying it from south of the border. I guess you got to go down to old Tijuana way if you want it to be that way. But anyways, okay. So back to my point. Why is there a sudden influx of children coming into the United States? And I honestly think that they are making up for lost time. They had four years where they were not able to get kids into this country. And now Biden has literally left the gate open. And all of these children, these are immigrant children, unaccompanied, no adults being forced into these facilities. Do God knows what kind of conditions. I, I, I see these as giant rape facilities, honestly. Or maybe not rape maybe giant sexual assault facilities, if that's what you want to call it, if it sounds better to your ear, if that is more palatable, pal palatable to your ears, giant sexual assault facilities, but they're 
busing these kids in. There's no telling what they're going to do with them, where they're going to end up, who they're going to be taken to or sold to. And they say vetted sponsors. Yeah, I'm sure. What is a vetted sponsor? A billionaire? A millionaire? A 100 heir? You know, someone who could afford a child to do whatever they need to and or want to with. So um, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I think that Biden is bringing in as many kids as he can at this time so that this way he can make up for the last four years of President Trump rule when he was unable to get the chillin to his dealin. And that's all the deals he's making with the people to get these kids or maybe for himself. Who knows? Who knows? what it has to do with anything, but most definitely, most definitely, we need to make sure we do something about the children. Okay, all right, so we have one last story, I believe, to wrap up for the Sea Report tonight, and then we will be done. Apologize, I tend to run long. Now, I wanted to go ahead and wrap up with this story because, after all, she was featured in the broadcast, so we're going to do a quick follow-up on Marionette Miller Meeks because Hoods Pelosi has decided that she's going to help Rita Hart turn over that six foot uh, six vote win in Iowa there now, don't you know? Well, Marionette Miller Meeks decided to respond to Hoods Pelosi and uh, this is what she had to say. Uh, this article comes from, I believe, from the Epic Times, Republican Congresswoman Marinette Miller-Meeks, Rep uh, Republican of Iowa, responded to Speaker Hoods Pelosi's Democrat of California, telling reporters there's a chance that the Democrats, <clears throat> pardon me, that the Democrats investigation into Miller-Meeks election results could lead to the representative being unseated and her opponent, Rita Hart, taking her place. Miller Meeks told Fox News on Monday that the public should be outraged at what me, uh, the Democrats are attempting to do because her victory has been officially certified at many levels. Well, it's both disappointing and honestly, people should be outraged, she said. House Speaker Pelosi, Democrat Hoods Pelosi, <laughs> sorry, House Speaker Hoods Pelosi, Democrat of California on Sunday, excused Democrats who launched an investigation into possibly unseating an elected GOP House representative, explaining that the margin of victory was extremely slim. It was six votes, Hoods Pelosi told ABC News on Sunday, noting the number of votes by which Miller Meeks defeated her Democrat opponent, Hart. Miller Meeks was ultimately seated in Congress after votes were counted, recounted, and certified by the state. Several days ago, the House Administration Committee started a process that could lead to Miller Meeks being unseated. Miller Meeks said that she was certified by her state and that Democrats did not raise any objections before or during her taking oath of office. But now Hart has bypassed the Iowa courts and gone to Democrats in Congress to try to overturn the election results. So Hart has skipped the line of uh, the uh, what do you call it? She skipped. She skipped the, uh, the the procedural line and she's jumped ahead. Anyways, uh, Miller Meek says, let me say that Rita Hart in a media interview in her own words said that she skipped over the Iowa courts 
rather than having the Iowa courts address these ballots. She skipped over the Iowa courts to go to Congress because they went to Congress to get the results they need, not what the voters wanted. The votes that they need, said Miller Meeks. Meanwhile, Hoods Pelosi justified the administration committee's investigation, citing the very slim six-vote margin that Miller Meeks won by. It was six votes, and our candidate, Rita Hart, the Democrat candidate, asked for this process to begin, Pelosi said. What the committee did, the House Administration Committee, was very narrow to take the process to the next step and see where it goes from there. An election of six votes out of 400,000 cast votes, this is not unique. This has happened. But maybe even when you were in the Capitol before when races had been close on one side or the other saying, let's take it to the House. Uh, this just that made absolutely no sense. I read it word for word. That is what Hoods Pelosi said. It makes no sense. You would think she'd say this is unique, that if there's 400,000 votes and there's six vote difference, that's more of a call for a recount than if there was like a 600 vote difference or a 700 vote difference, right? But at the same time, there had already been recounts. It had already been recertified and certified and certified and certified, you know, and, and now they're trying to do this anyway. So uh, it closes with, there are six Democrat members of the House Committee on Administration, and if six votes aren't enough to win this election, then why are six votes of Democrat members of Congress enough to overturn an election? And indeed, that is a good question, but it seems that Marionette Miller-Meeks, once she returns to Iowa, and I'm sure she's there already, will be hard at work trying to ensure that the Democrats don't pull this swindle on her. It would be a swindle poon. And we don't need that right now in the House. Uh, I mean, the, all they need is just one other person. You know, I mean, that helps these people, it, these Democrats. And they're trying to get this Rita Hart sore loser in there. Anyways. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good evening here on the Sea Report. Thanks for those of you who joined in the chat room and also who are watching with us live. Uh, catch us at QAholespodcast.com. Subscribe to QA Holes on any of your favorite podcast players, except for Spotify because they suck. Um, and we did a secret intrusion on YouTube this past Saturday. I will be there on Wednesday for sure. I apologize. I was briefly there on Saturday. Had family affairs and uh, a computer repairs to take care of. And anyhow, um, we will be back on uh, tomorrow night with the special report with Magadon. Catch uh, Q&A Holes Newsbreak with Joe 2 the C-Report weekdays, and uh, the Wednesday show. We'll be here live on Twitch. Again, subscribe, 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 and download at Spreaker. All of the uh, needed link necessary links are at our website, QAholespodcast.com. Alrighty, guys, y'all have a great evening. This is Mr. C signing out for the C Report. I do hope you uh, enjoy your evening and we'll see you again. Manjana.
Thank you. 